0: Hello and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is a weekly podcast in which I, your host, Matthew Whippy, sit down with people all across the tabletop, RPG, and surrounding space. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by Lucas Anderson. Hello. How, Hello. how, how are we doing this? this fine morning?
1: Pretty good. Have a good morning. I'm waking up. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I say,
0: it's it, it, the thing that I, I I kind of love about this podcast is is always the kind of like um the time zone gaps that sometimes happens when I chat with people is because mm-hmm. I'm I'm I, I don't know why anytime I kind of leave the podcast I'm thinking like that person I've just spoken to they've got the whole day ahead like and and for me it's now like it's now like five o'clock and stuff and I've got like dinner and stuff for prayer. and that you're still enjoying your morning. It's I don't know. It's it's probably a really mundane thing, but time zones they still mess with my head even at this age.
1: I actually have work later today, but. Oh. This is a fun start to my day. Nice. Well, like I
0: think like a good a chance to kind of chat about um your creative process and and, and uh just cool, cool little little tabletop RPG stuff is, is yeah a yeah, really good a fun, way. Way to fun fun the event before the work day. Well then let's 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 not delay the fun. I've been I've been holding back the fun with my talk of time zones. Um for the people listening, um I guess what was what's the best way that you can kind of summarize some of the products you've kind of been creating?
1: I like to think that I make outside-the-box products. My first product was a a guide to playing sports in D&D. Yeah. uh, Running unique sports games. And then I made a a book that was about money and having money-themed products. And I always try to make products that are one way or the other unusual. Yeah. And not just... conventional thing not that there's anything wrong with that because i like the traditional stuff
0: well i think it is that case of like you know uh by being uh i guess going against the grain and creating more kind of stuff out there you are in your own way kind of filling a niche you're kind of like working into a design void of like yeah no one's no one's really thought about you know doing sports or you know gold-based class like subclasses so you kind of have that kind of freedom of
1: like I can I can do anything. It's it's not been done before. The trick is that like I'm not competing with anyone if I'm breaking new ground. Yeah.
0: So so then I guess so one one question I always kind of like asking is is what was it like so with the what was it it's um uh, it's crew uh, crew Kru, Kru, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I always Creslak. feel bad when it comes to those titles that have like the kind of like fantasy names after them as a fact yeah. because my pronunciation is is never good, There's never as well rehearsed as, as. <laughs> um, but what was what like what made you want to
1: start creating content? In content in general? Yeah. Well technically that wasn't the first thing I started working on. Ooh. Um I think I discovered DM's Guild incidentally, and I basically, I I wasn't trying to follow in the footsteps of DM's Guild. I had the audacity of saying, all these D&D books that I like, they're just words and pictures. I can write my own words and I can get pictures and then that's it. I
0: can make my own. <laughs> I must admit when you kind of uh, boil it down to like the be- they are they're just words and pictures, yeah. I think and, and that kind of takes away like you you look at them thinking of like oh these these could be like daunting, like really like well manufactured like product, but it's like oh yeah, no, like if you boil them down, they are yeah, they're just they're just words and pictures and, and I can do that. It's a
1: lot, it gets harder when you get down to it.
0: Yeah. When when you're actually like putting together the words and pictures. Yeah. I think you you kind of pull back a little bit again. Um, Was uh, the kind of guide to sports and putting that together, was that something that you kind of just stemmed from your home games or was it something that you kind of just wanted to put together?
1: I just wanted to put that together because a lot of my ideas come from like, do I think this is funny? so i think yeah. this is fun and i just thought that like because you know how it is with sports people take it so seriously it's like life or death yeah and there's complex it's like, they're like battles and there's complex rules and i just thought what if we just took that intensity and you put those in a in a D game where instead of fighting for your life against a dragon or you're in a dungeon you're participating in a life or death sports match or something so
0: Was it kind of like I guess so? Once you kind of had the idea of like, okay, well, I want to do like, I want to do fantasy sports in some way. Was it like, what was the kind of challenge of like taking existing sports games and trying to like translate them into D&D rules, or you're like,
1: I can I can do any sport I want. I can make up a new sport. I sort of did. I sort of wanted to have the staples, Mm -hmm. but I adapted them into fantasy. Like I sort of made a hybrid conglomerate rugby American football. I made a sort of. Uh, I tried to cover all my bases if that makes sense so I made a sort of baseball game I guess in your was that
0: what was the kind of the hardest game to try and I guess translate
1: um probably the race the track track and field race because I was like well how is that not just I move I move next <laughs> so what, I tried what, to make that interesting, but I yeah, wanted well, to have track and field because that's classic,
0: you know? What what were some of the ways that you tried to like, I guess, like a because remo- again, you I my mind would go, well, you just put like a I don't know, a tabaxi in that race. And then they've 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 not <laughs> Mac 10. They've already gone like all the way around the around the field. Yeah.
1: I had like restrictions. I put I put obstacles in the track, so it's not just a boring circuit. Mm-hmm. I put ability checks and athletics, and I like I wanted to have the sports. Each all give a chance for different people to shine in different ways, and also it's, I, I, I put in the I put in the preface or one of the introduction, I put there's different ways to shine you, even if your character doesn't have an athletic pr- proficiencies mm-hmm. or such, they could be support characters, and also I said hey you can cheat. <laughs> I mean I, I think I feel like the characters
0: are going to do that anyway, but yeah it's nice to kind of have those the rules to kind of support. Oh, yeah, it's
1: vindication because. Yeah. In the in the game, there are the rules in the game, and then there's rules outside the game. So yeah. as long as you're not like cheating in the g- for real, <laughs> you, you can cheat in the game. That's part of the fun. Do whatever you want to do. That's the freedom. That's what makes the fun about TTRPGs. You know. So I, I, I'm I'm going to struggle to remember, it, but I'm fairly sure. So in um,
0: Eberron, I'm fairly sure there's like a pre-existing sport. That, I, again, I can't remember. I, I don't know, right, but I, I think I, I know it involves like either gnomes or halflings. It's like
1: Capture know. the Flag,
0: I think. Is it like, uh, yeah. Okay. Fair. So I was going to say, so was was any of the stuff you kind of put together kind of inspired by any kind of existing lore as well? Or were you just like... I sort it?
1: of went on my own. Yeah. I was. I, I looked at the Eberron stuff just to see what I was, comp- my competition. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to, I didn't want to follow in anyone's footsteps. Yeah. Like... um. I try to do my own. A lot of the stuff I can do doesn't strictly adhere to the. I'm not taking advantage of the IP necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like my Hall of Danger, did you look at those or? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Like I, I wanted to make ho- my, kind of uh, it's a collection of products. Yeah the 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 holiday themed monsters. I started with Christmas monsters, <laughs> and those were for my home game really because I do a Christmas one shot. <laughs> where they have to save Christmas and team up with Santa Claus. and nice. the Christmas. But um, oh, that was for my home game, but also I do it for fun. But a lot of that is just not necessarily taking advantage of the IP because I just, um, I'm sort of rambling, but no, no. I just like to take, I like to do things my own way. I, I homebrew my own settings necessarily. I have a lot of respect for the good campaigns that they publish. But um, I typically it's more work, it's more burden, and I'm passing up a lot of great adventures. But I don't often run pre made adventures, even though I might start doing. I might change my mind on that principle <laughs> later, because there's a lot of good stuff out there, especially. No, I, on, you know, I,
0: I I think there is there it, it is a kind of like that balance there, because I mean there's there is so much kind of I guess inspiration to take from existing like hardcovers and adventures of that, but in their own way they are equally as freeing as they are restricting um and when you are creating your own stuff you there's no limitations i mean you can literally you know again you can write santa based like you know monsters or like holiday themes because you you just get and then in some cases it's kind of that that i guess overwhelming freedom that can be i guess like daunting
1: it's of a a double-edged sword though because you have freedom but you also have to make it up, you you don't have those nice guidelines. <laughs> yeah.
0: You you can't you can't literally you uh, be like oh you know oh there's this really kind of like interesting story hook that I could expand into an adventure or oh they mentioned this creature that I can kind of like you know give a stat block for. It mm-hmm. is literally the case of like uh, you do everything um, yourself. Yeah. So one thing I did actually kind of I like uh, look, kind of looking at like your, like your catalog of everything that you've done is again you kind of have gone a, kind of across the spectrum with like um, kind of supplemental rules subclasses monsters, um, is, would you say that you kind of have like, a, a, like out of everything you've done, is that like a, a preference of like what you kind of prefer to do or do you kind of like being able to bounce around between all these different?
1: I really like player options. <laughs> yeah. They're fun because I think there was a lot of archetypes that haven't been explored yet or that can be pioneered. And that makes for a lot of fun play styles because like, Personally, I, I played back in 3.5 in high school to date myself, but um, I never really liked prestige classes. They sort of felt gratuitous mm-hmm. or optional, whereas the subclass system is, inter- is ingrained in the class itself.
0: So uh, this is going to be me dating myself a little bit. If I understand, prestige classes were essentially like 20 plus, weren't they? Or am I?
1: Not necessarily. They were like, you unlock them and they're okay. optional. Like, for example, Arcane Archer. I'm, I'm not getting this precisely, reciting this well, but um, you had to be an elf. You had to have so and so stats. Oh, okay. You had to be such an, like a level 10 ranger or something like that. And then you can unlock it. But the thing is, is that those are just like extra. Because yeah. you could just, just be a late ranger, 1 to 20, and not unlock that class, sub prestige class. So they were very optional and they were very like, there were just too many of them, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I must be. I'm, I'm, I'm less keen of any kind of, like, necessary, uh, I, I think prerequisites on, like, certain things can, can be interesting. It's kind of an interesting place to kind of play around with, like, particularly around, like, magical items. Um, but for things like, like, yeah, subclasses or as, as, as it was, was in life, for everyone with these kind of, pre- yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like the idea of, like, someone, like, being like, oh, I really want to make this kind of, like, you know, this archer style character. And then immediately you have to be like, well, if you want to do that, you do have to be an elf. And it's like
1: i, I never like that at yeah. all so what is it about subclasses then um it's just fun to think of characters mm-hmm. and how they'd adventure and how you would create a different type of character mm-hmm. like um if i would just if you don't mind me subtly plugging
0: no no listen this, 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 this entire podcast format is, is like a, a, an extended
1: plug about you kind of you and all your products right um I have another book coming out, and despite what I said about not using IP, it's the mascot. <laughs> for, the mascot for the book is called Drizzt's Travelog of Everything. Ooh. And it's sort of like an everything book, except I'm I'm making my own. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, they use Tasha, they use Xanathar. I'll take Drizzt. He's cool. Everyone likes him, and he's yeah. and he's interesting. So, anyways, in that in that book that's upcoming in December-ish, this December, um, there is a subclass I made called the uh, the Somnia Mancy Wizard. It's a wizard that sleeps and takes the power of sleep, the subconscious mind, and snoozing. <laughs> so <laughs> no, it's, I just it's, thought that's funny. I just, I basically came up with that idea because I thought it was funny. A sleep casting, sleep casting, like, you know, you sleepwalk. Yeah. Or how you, you know, the idea that you learn in your sleep
0: or so, you. Uh, my, my immediate thing is like, so how do you get over the fact? Because like, like, when people like think about sleepwalking, there's not much like, there's not much control in that. Is it is it the case that this wizard has like mastered sleep to the point where they're asleep but they're still kind of semi-conscious?
1: I don't know. Yeah, subconsciously awake. Yeah. So it's sort of like a joke, but you can take it seriously. Because like what I like about the archetypes is that yes, you can play them however you like, but you can also they also inform your character. Like if you were a, a rogue assassin. It's kind of hard to be happy-go-lucky when that's your archetype and those are your abilities. So it kind of enables or restricts, but yes, but also enables a certain kind of role-playing flavor. You know? Yeah, no, so I, 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 I like I, about I, that. Yes, the mechanics are good. Yes, it, it enables new things you can do, but I really prefer it because it, it, it facilitates weird Role-playing choices. That's why I lean towards our, um, subclass uh, and and player options. Because
0: no, I, I definitely get what you mean. Because again, it is it is it's almost like I guess some of the fun is looking at kind of like okay, again, take the rogue assassin example. There is a very kind of like uh, a grim dark kind of edgy assassin you can easily see, and there is almost the fun in seeing that and then kind of like immediately kind of like subverting it, and then just being like, no, I am I am that happy-go-lucky <laughs> like assassin. Um, and when you kind of have that kind of built in with the like the subclass, the idea of like, no, this this wizard spends more time like, you know, uh asleep than than awake, uh, being able to kind of play around in that kind of like, oh, well, maybe their their sleeping mind and their awake mind are like almost like two different personalities. Or mm. or there's yeah, no, I yeah, I, I definitely can see it. Like there's this there's there's, there's... Well, that's also
1: the fun challenge of the subclasses is that they're sort of morally agnostic. They aren't like you got to be evil, or you got to be good. Yeah, it's more yeah. like how do you interpret this? Because like, um, I made a in my money book. I made a paladin that was oath of equity. <laughs> okay, and they're sort of like banker paladins. They, they, they swear to uphold transactions and rightful ownership and property. And you could play that either way. You could either be a, a cruel tax collector. Mm-hmm or you could be a justice redistribution of the wealth person because the who rightfully owes the money who owns the you know yeah i, th- I think i think what is again because
0: as i again i kind of i share that kind of love for like creating subclasses because one of the things that kind of leans me down is as as like a dm when i do see subclasses i'm like okay well this could make a pretty good like big big bag. bad evil evil guy (laughs) and and looking at kind of those abilities and yeah no there is there is like so much power in like looking at like the abilities of a subclass through those two different lenses and then think like okay well how does this how does this shape the world like if there were like an order of these paladins um what like what is the world's kind of response to them you know and and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: interesting so i guess I wanted to ask again, uh, I guess, a little bit more. Is it is
1: it is it Godfred God or God Godfried? Godfried. Godfried. Uh, He's a character. God, he was an antagonist in one of my home games. Oh, fair. I, must admit, and I God, made him a book mascot.
0: God, God, Godfred doesn't sound nearly as intimidating. <laughs>
1: Basically, my butchered spelling of Godfried, no, which no. is German, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, so then, I, well, I was just going to ask. So, I mean, was it... Obviously, you kind of mentioned that you kind of like the idea of, like, starting with, like, not necessarily a joke, but just something that would be funny or entertaining where did the idea of like oh, i just want to do a bunch of like gold-based mon- monetary like kind of like subclasses
1: i thought it was funny because you know D. everyone wants money everyone's craving money everyone's hunting for money everyone's hoarding money and that's fun but why you're not buying luxuries for yourself most people aren't well some people do they're committed They're like i want to buy a nice meal or i want to go to the nice inn yeah but there's only so much you can do with money most people are like whatever i don't need blood i don't need nice food i'll just i have rations whatever i have clothes i don't need luxuries i don't need a mansion and you just kind of but they still want to hoard money (laughs) they still want money because it's like a point system and it's a fun and there's this intrinsic acquisitiveness (laughs) to put it nicely
0: I I think there's always that tipping point of like where you know you you've you've reached that point of like wealth where you're like you go to a tavern you're like oh we're like three rooms and i be like that'll be three silver and everyone's like I'll just throw gold like I, <laughs> at this point I don't want to deal with the change I'm just it's, it's it's yeah it's funny how like you can kind of track a campaign about how quickly you kind of reach that point of just gold throwing.
1: I I do in retrospect it was my first work technically the sports thing came out first but I was working on the Godfrey thing first. Mm-hmm. And the biggest flaw with the Godfrey book of, of, treasure is that it's variable. How much, cause I put fixed values for the, this ability costs a hundred gold or this thing costs 50 gold. And that's like very, very variable. Yeah. <laughs> cause like some people, they give away gold, like candy. Other people like are very miserly mm-hmm. with, you know, like, oh, you only get a little gold cause gold's valuable.
0: So I guess it's interesting. So what was kind of like, what was kind of like design design decision with like, I guess, tying some of these abilities with, with actual like monetary value.
1: I tried to use my estimates, I suppose, and yeah. they can adjust them if they want. Mm-hmm. But um, also I did, I did a section that's very, very, it's more like a, rep, a suggestion section. Mm-hmm. I did a section about where I did a lot of calculations. I sat down with a friend and we tried to calculate how much money does the average peasant have how much money does the average merchant have how much money does the average kingdom have how much money is because you can't just extract if you guess if you say like if you go to like a small blacksmith and say i want to sell this legendary sword they're not going to give you a thousand gold pieces because they don't have it
0: yeah I think, I think another I was like, the only kind of, like, some, there's, like, within the, the Dungeon Master's Guide, there, there's any like, mixing reference of, like, yeah, you could look up, like, how much gold is, like, in a dragon's sword, but then that doesn't necessarily translate well to, like, society. <laughs> well, unless it's a dragon rule society, but then, you know, that's neither here nor there.
1: Like, I have a player who's a, in one of my games, he plays a patent medicine salesman. <laughs> nice. And he sells fake potions, basically. Nice but I need to be careful. I try to, I try to take it to account how much can he extort out of a single area that he goes to. Yeah. Because so- <laughs> there's only so much wealth in here and there and I don't want to lose track and have it be unrealistic or r- ridiculous or something.
0: So as I say, with the product you have, I think was it, so it's, it's 12 subclasses in the book itself. Is that one per the- uh, Original it, base classes, yes. Y- yes, minus artificer.
1: Minus artificer. I did do a separate at tag on with with artificer and some money extra classes, but that's unrelated. That's that's re- I, that's not unrelated, but it's no, not. No,
0: I, I guess it's basically all, all the bases are covered. I just kind of wanted to ask, like, were there any across the all of those? Were there any that were like, I guess, more challenging to come up with the content for?
1: Yes, <laughs> uh, fighter. I tried to do a second take on fighter with another uh, additional supplement of Godfried. Yeah. That was kind of hard i sort of i'm not sure how well i did with fighter i did a good subclass but it's not sure how well the money theme came out a mm-hmm. uh, druid was interesting because i thought i went the opposite direction i said i had the oath of vow of uh, circle of poverty because mm-hmm. like druids are, like eschew capitalism and money and exchange so that was the angle so they have a negative relation um I, I, no, I just saying, some of them became, What was the what was the, the fight angle that you went with? Fighter was relic dealer. They're a magic. They are a magic item. Oh, and interesting. They buy and sell magic items, but that one didn't come out too strong. Yeah. Actually, the funny thing about the the Godfrey book is how I got started on DM's Guild mm-hmm. because way back when, a while back. A long time ago, three years ago. I know making it sound like no, years I mean, ago.
0: like I said, I mean it's time it, 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 time has been kind of a little wibbly wobbly at the moment. So it was yes, about three years. years
1: ago, I wanted to make a merchant class. Okay. On, obviously it's been done a lot, but I didn't know about that. So I went on some dnd server on Discord and I pitched the idea and asked for feedback and they weren't very nice to me. <laughs> But I did get some good feedback and they so a lot of harsh criticism. Mm. I thought, okay, I guess that makes sense. But since then, I joined a nicer server for DMs Guild, Creative Lounge. Yeah. But yeah. um, eventually, I took the merchant class idea, and I broke it up into a bunch of subclasses. What I thought: What if you were a merch? What if you were a a merchant who was like a pre a clerical merchant so i made the merchant the fortune domain for the trade Uh, yeah i thought what if you were a merchant who was a trade pioneer and then i made the prospector (laughs) and i said what if you were a merchant who was et cetera et cetera so basically i split this one class that was not even a very good concept because it was very 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 rough I split that into a bunch of ideas and then I thought what if I made magic items what if I made this what if I made a whole book because yeah. yeah. my big problem and I still don't conform to this very well is that dm's guild a lot of people put out like a subclass mm-hmm. three ten hundred ten magic items I'm like go big or go home
0: <laughs> yeah you gotta get it get like fully full, like you get a theme and then everything within that book kind of adheres to that theme
1: I, I like big products because yeah. I'm, I'm not like following i'm like trying to compete with wizards of the coast it's like as foolish as as arrogant as that sounds or yeah no no i know i I
0: definitely yeah i i because i i think there's it's again it's always that thing of like from like a a marketing standpoint there's so many like pros and cons in any side of like the idea of like spitting everything up or keeping it all together like
1: oh i'm not the best at finance if i was making if i was trying to do this for my this is basically like just a hobby, an expensive yeah. hobby, <laughs> a very a passion, a hobby I'm passionate about. But it's basically like if I was doing this as like my profession, mm-hmm. I would say, OK, this idea is fun, but it's not the most s- profitable. So I'll probably need to do something. I don't want to go down that route. No,
0: I, I think because then, then you kind of like, again, I think the products in which they are clearly are like passion projects. And, you know, you kind of, I think that kind of shines through. And yeah, I think there is that kind of moment where, that when, when, when you are trying to make that shift of like trying to, again, still kind of, I guess, maintain that spark in like a, a really weird way. I mean, personally,
1: um, I just do what I want. And if it's successful, then that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not, then at least I did what I want.
0: Well, so actually, I do want to like cycle back to like the idea of like the, the merchant class and then kind of breaking that down is mm-hmm. because I, 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 I wouldn't even know necessarily where to start with designing a class. Because what I what I, what I like about subclass design in particular is is they are quite formulaic. Like you look at like again, all the like uh like cleric subclasses, you kind of see, you know, you've got the levels in which they get features at,
1: you can kind of compare. Oh, yeah, tell me about it because. In my upcoming book, coming out in December, Drizzt's travelogue of everything. I'm mispronouncing Drizzt. I know it's Dris. I, honestly, I wouldn't know. I, I, I would to, I, like... I say Drizzt, I'm gonna go to my grave saying Drizzt. I'm gonna say Draz. <laughs> That's gonna be Dressed. <laughs> you know what, there, there are. It's not a real name. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, in my in my Drizzt's travelogue of everything, volume one. Because there's another volume coming out next year. Wow. <laughs> anyways. Um, in the first volume, I'm putting out a new class, a tactician. Oh, okay. And, oh God, that's been hard making a new class compared to subclasses. It's so It's been such a doozy and I needed so much help and I needed so much input and so much, and I had to, it, it's it's so much, subclasses are a breeze compared to making a new class yourself.
0: So I, I guess like, is, is that like, what is like if we were to like I like do I don't know conduct like a post mortem like what what are like the pain areas of like creating a new class from scratch?
1: Knowing where to begin, yeah, <laughs> knowing where to put all the features. Mm-hmm. Because I looked up some advice guides and suggestions, but at the end of the day, you don't have a template. Mm. The hard part is that making the template. Yeah cuz at I, the very I, least at the very least my my suggestion from it retrospect or for anyone who else wants to follow my footsteps I suppose is slap together a rough draft you cuz you can edit something that exists yeah but you can't edit like i haven't done this yet but what if i did this no just get something down get together a rough here's the here's the first base features in the class someone could say oh well i know this shouldn't be here this needs to be there this needs to be there this needs to be changed or rearranged because believe me it's gone through a lot of iterations and so many revisions and still it's almost done it's yeah. not done <laughs> but so, it's almost because I, I guess
0: that the thing that you, i guess you think about is, is like so cl- the class themselves has again you know, inherit a good amount of flavor in it as like that right and you want to like capture that but then it's like the case of like okay well the flavor of the class then still has to kind of support X number of subclasses that kind of expand that original flavor in like a different exactly angle. aspects
1: of it. Yeah. Tactician, I feel that I came up with a good angle. It's basically my inspiration for Tactician was the warlord from 4e. In, so is it the it's idea of like, fight warlord? Because yeah. warlord is more fighty. Mm-hmm. Although one of the tactician subclasses is close to that. What, but, but, but that I like lost I, warlord because they're a support class. Mm-hmm. But they're not magical and they're not strong yeah so what do they have they have their wits Mm -hmm. because i like that idea that like because bard is support because they have the magic music clerics have blessing spells and etc etc but what do you i like the warlord because they were i felt like they're the underdogs yeah no like they're doing their best without having superhuman strength or magic powers you know I really
0: kind of like what you think, because then again, the idea of like the tactician, like the central core is again, someone, a support class using their wits. And you kind of have the kind of that, again, the kind of more combat focused subclass to kind of lean into that kind of tactician, like art, like running in with a sword, like leading the charge kind of- like, But it's archetype. not essential, because there's other no.
1: subclasses that don't use that kind of martial prowess. So yeah, and, and then, yeah, I guess
0: it is, it's kind of that, that, I guess it's, were there any like features that you looked at, which was like, I would love for this to be a core feature, but this should be a subclass feature, or vice versa.
1: Mm. One of them was a feature where they could—it's uh, off the top of my head, I forgot—but basically, they could dodge ability. They could dodge attacks, or I stole some features where they could like visualize things in their mind's eye. Like I took oh, yeah. some. Where they could see the, where they had basically, they have sort of a blind sense, but it's more like visualization in their mind. I sold that, I, I, one of the writers I was working with, I took that from his subclass and I added it to the main class. And it was a very, very, very collaborative effort. I yeah. could not begin to have done this by myself.
0: So, who, who were some of the people that you were kind of collaborating
1: now? Uh, Aryan Balu or Aravar, uh, Jack Wayhill. I got a lot of developmental help from an editor named Taylor Navarro and Stuart Watkinson. He was an editor too, who helped me out. It's a big collaborative effort. I just, I'm very good at slopping down crazy ideas (laughs) and having other people come in and fix my mess. (laughs) I I mean, you
0: know, that's what like editors, mechanical. I know I'm being very
1: self-deprecating, but it's this is, it's partly true and if not as harsh as that as i was being to myself but yeah. i like i have i pride myself my strongest my strength my biggest strength is weird ideas because yeah. yeah. i know some people come at it like what are some mechanical niches that can be filled yeah and i'm more like i have a wacky idea and like oh i need the mechanics to back it up <laughs>
0: Well, it sounds like again. So, I mean, like again, so many people kind of, again, depending on what lens they have, they really do struggle in kind of getting that kind of like first draft together to kind of like have the 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 clay to mold and to be able to kind of have that idea and then just kind of get something kind of together in whatever shape it takes. Is is again, it's a huge chunk of the battle. So, yeah, no, I don't think (laughs) you'll.
1: I personally, I mean, there's no wrong way to get it as long as you have a good end product. I mean. I admire, and I'm kind of like, okay, I guess that's interesting. That's, that's kind of frightening how you do it that way. If, if someone was like, I have a subclass and I have all these mechanical features that fill an important niche, but I don't have the flavor yet. I'm like, well, that's the opposite of what I have. Cause I have a lot of flesh and skin and I don't have the wrong Sorry, just, just like quote out of context. <laughs>
0: yes, <I
1: am. laughs> now
0: but no no, yeah, but no i mean yeah i mean that, that again it's, it's kind of funny how you kind of like uh, that's that there are like so many different ways to come about it and again it's there is no right away if you kind of come from like it would really be cool to have a mechanic that does this and then it's like okay well how i i i don't i i think i i'm kind of in your camp where i, I like to come up with like the, the flavor first but that's kind of just how i like tackle problems um, but i'm sure if there was like while i was playing like a DD game if there was something that felt mechanically satisfying to do i would be like well I, g- I guess i've gotta try and i don't know like like reverse reverse engineer of like what what kind of class what kind of item what kind of situation called to this kind of mechanic
1: like actually if i if i may plug another book no uh, my- go nuts this is, this is what we're here <laughs> um another book i have coming out in a Early October, like October sixth or seventh or fifth, the first week of October is coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm my one of my one of my last holiday danger books. It's the Halloween book. Oh, uh,
0: per- perfectly timed.
1: <laughs> Thirteen horrors of Halloween, and the tricky part is, has been although we figured it out m- with my team of writers and I. What monsters do we do for Halloween? Vampires, zombies, werewolves. Those are ghosts.
0: Headless. Awesome already and, in the
1: monster manual. Yeah. Witches, etc. Like what hasn't been done in the monster manual? Yeah. But we found a lot of interesting niches and ideas and concepts and we filled in we have something amazing coming out so
0: I, I also like was was it like a is was it a tactical decision to like actually you have like the I think is it is it 12 Christmas um
1: most and now All Christmas plays th- was the first one
0: okay but now 13 Halloween is there gonna be like a
1: 14 down the line or is it just ha- no like, Halloween no, uh, like- the other we had a bunch of in-between volumes that were just 10 10 10 yeah but uh th- that worked out fine 10 10 and 10 because 10's a good base. Mm-hmm. Twelve, because twelve days of Christmas, and then
0: thirteen, uh, like Friday the thirteenth. I imagine Friday
1: the thirteenth, 13th, unlucky thirteenth. 13th. That just worked out. Fourteenth, yeah. I can't justify fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no clever justification for it. So yeah. But also, uh, part of the reason I chose thirteen for Halloween is because this is a grand finale, sort of. Like, and I'm I'm leaving the pro. I'm I'm stopping it. I'm thinking someone else is taking it over, mm-hmm. but I don't have any more holidays planned. I think we're just calling it there for the okay. most part.
0: I, I guess, you know, uh, there's, there's, there, I guess there is kind of like a, there is a finite number of like ma- major holidays around, like what, well, of like, you know, a, a, until you yeah. start like dipping into like other cultures and stuff like that, and then it's kind of the case of like.
1: I know, yeah, yeah. exactly. We, we came to that conclusion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, uh, the thirteen. there's a lot, it's the biggest finale, it's gonna be great.
0: So then yes. I guess uh, I'm going to I'm going to um, I'm going to jump the queue in kind of like the like, oh, questions and kind of a, so across, of all, again, all these kind of themed monster um, kind of uh, monster folios or, you know, whatever, monster, uh, what is what is your favorite monster if you had to like
1: pick one. um Let me see here um probably. It's, I, I'm being selfish because this is someone else, another writer designed it because I, 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 but this is my, it's from the Christmas book. Yeah. And this could change, but at least it's one of my favorites. So yeah. at least I'm happy with saying it, at least for now. Um, I made a, 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 the radiant reindeer, which is like Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. But it's Rudolph, but it's a, it's an out of control celestial powered reindeer and that was from my home game of christmas where rudolph was the antagonist (laughs) okay because he got out of control he he got an artifact that gave him celestial powers and he was gonna wipe out all good and evil because he was still gonna get over being bullied (laughs) and actually we changed the name in the book yeah we found out rudolph is copyrighted really (laughs) rudolph is not public domain what, is it like, is it
0: like, is it the case of like Rudolph the reindeer or is it just Rudolph the name Ru- the red Reindeer? Wow. Fast. Okay. So it, what? I guess, what, yeah, I guess Radiant Reindeer.
1: We changed it to Radiant Reindeer. We made his nose green. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I bet
1: I the moment you saw
0: like, like touch it fringing on like copyright stuff, I guess you want to grab like the 10 foot pole and just be like, I'm not getting anywhere near that. No, no, no.
1: We, we, we weren't, I think we're very, very comfortably in parody law at this yeah. point. But no, um, I like that because it's sort of out there because mm-hmm. it's just my weird idea that I came up with and it's a fun celestial berserker.
0: I, I think also, right. I guess it kind of has, has, going back to like another thing, is the concept of like a radiant reindeer does have that kind of flexibility of like, um, like, if it was like, oh, you know, what if they were a good creature or what if they were like, you know, an evil aligned creature, like the idea of like a a potentially benevolent celestial entity is, is, is really cool. But then also on the face of like, oh, you know, what if there
1: is just a. Oh, I really like that. I like the versatility. Yeah. Because uh, what I like doing and I'll plug another thing after this. (laughs) In all my my monster books, I, I got this idea because I worked on Alexis's, her, monster i did some fluff writing for her like kaiju things initially and then for another one of her things uh some other monster thing but she had adventure hooks Mm -hmm. so for each legendary monster there was lore there was a stat block but there was also three adventure hooks very brief like three sentences each but they teased and suggested how you could introduce them in an adventure. Yeah. So it's not just like, "What do you do with this?" I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. Like the no, drobs. Like, what do you do with the Durasque?
0: that That's honestly like one of my one of my favorite things about that. Some of the, the stat block stuff that I've done in the past is, 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 again, hinting or alluding to those kind of like story hooks because it's I, again, it, it makes it medium more actionable. Like, yeah, I think if if there were to be like a monster manual too, having having story hooks would be again, like you, I said, like I. I a Trask is an awesome monster, but it's the case of, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what to do with it. It's like CR-30. I can't just, like, drop it as, like, a random why, encounter. It
1: feel? Yeah. <laughs> Where did it come from? What's it doing? Yeah. But um, that's also why, actually, that's why, for one of my home games, the main antagonist is a cult of uh, Moloch. The big red demon guy with the big horns and the Oh, wolf. yeah.
0: The, he's the classic, isn't he? He's kind of like on a bunch of like covers. Oh, yeah,
1: he's yeah. good. But he has a backstory. He's like, yo, he was dispossessed of his circle in hell and he wants it back. But what do you do with him? They Definitely. have his stat block, they have his his backstory, but they don't have like how are you supposed to incorporate him?
0: Yeah. Especially, great. especially with like a character's backstory He's like, Oh yeah, he's been exiled.
1: It's like where to? <laughs> what's, yeah, what's, exactly. what's... <laughs> so that's the whole, he's the central big, big bad end boss that they haven't gotten to yet. And his cult is trying, he's promised his cult riches and glory. If they help him get back his blah, blah, blah. So I, I had to get creative. I had to make up my own story hook, but I want to give people suggestions for the spark, their imaginations, if not use them outright. Yeah. I, I, and actually no. that's why my next product that I'm actually doing is OGL. Ooh. Because it's I'm going to do an Indiegogo for a hundred monsters that are just no holiday theme or whatever, yeah. just a hundred new monsters fully illustrated. And um, just, but they're all going to have story hooks. So yeah. it's going to be like a monster manual, but with story hooks.
0: I, I like Which, that. I, it, it's kind of like, it, it, again, it immediately kind of bumps up that like utility. Cause again, I'm not, I, I'm sure there's been a bunch of people who have kind of like bought like this kind of expansive kind of like, um, monster manuals, like monster manual-esque supplements. And it's like, there's all these really cool creatures. And then it, it, it is that little bit more work for the DM to be like, okay, I want to use this creature. Now I kind going of to have to do almost like some homework into how I can kind of get it into the game in a suitable way. And, and there's
1: suggestions. Yeah. They're like, you can take them by all means. I intend for you to, they're prepared for you to take, mm-hmm. but they're just suggestions too, but also they're, they're easy it's not like I'm writing you an adventure that incorporates it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a lot more work if I gave you like, okay, here's what happens. Here's the adventure. Here's the encounters. I'm just saying like three sentences or four sentences, Yeah, here's I, but evocatively suge- implying like, oh, that's how I write an adventure campaign or, or encounter around this guy, you know? So I guess,
0: I, I guess more generally then, so to kind of pull back and, and look about your creative process as a, as a whole, um, what would you say is like your kind of like favorite and, and like least favorite part of, of, of the project?
1: Um, my favorite is content generation. So literally just kind of like put, putting those oh, ideas together. This, cool. yes. this would be cool. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I need to make this work. That's not <laughs> the least favorite part though. Uh, two, two, I have two least favorite parts they are okay. sort of buying for top. So no, just by and large, my favorite part is content creation. Although my second favorite part is sort of like figuring the, the, the delight of like, oh, that's how I actually make this work. Mm-hmm. and Oh, it's working. It's coming together when I flesh out my ideas. Yeah. But the funnest idea is just like, what if I did this? Mm-hmm. The Two least favorite parts are predictably one, promotion. Uh, <laughs> advertising yeah. promotion because I'm bad at it. No one's good at it. And the worst part is that I have no control over it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of just like, If I could work harder, if I could work twice as hard and do twice as much, I'd do it. Who wouldn't? But it's like a mystery. If I ask everyone, how do I make my product get success? They'll say, good. That's what I'd like to know.
0: (laughs) It's it's always that case of like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's, they always like, luck is always like a huge proponent and you can do things to kind of.
1: And that's why. Yeah. And and most of my products haven't been super successful, though I plan on changing that. (laughs) Nice. Um, I got meddled with Chris, with the Christmas book. And I have big hopes for my next projects, the Halloween book and the Drizzets book. Yeah. I, I said, I predict those will be a bigger success because I'm taking more measures. Because mm-hmm. I gotta do what I can. I can't just say, oh, this sucks. Oh well. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, too bad. I gotta just try twice as hard. But um what was I saying?
0: <laughs> uh, you gonna you I think you gotta also get a like segue and you had your two least favorite parts. So I feel like advertising was uh, one half yes. of it. No, I'm trying
1: to do advertising. Yeah, and and but my my second least favorite part is management. Yeah, because I love being the boss and having a team of talented people orchestrate my vision, or orchestrating a team of talented writers and editors to make my vision come to life. Mm-hmm. And yes, they have contributions, so it's not just me. Me and I'm the mastermind. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, yeah, it's good. But I mean, someone someone has to like you know
1: kickstart the project. But it's but the Christmas like like for example the Halloween book. That was my idea, even though I didn't come up with all the monsters, Mm -hmm. or like the Drizzt book. I'm the leader. I got the. I say we're doing a Drizzt book, although they come up with a lot of. My writers come up with a lot of, uh, the ideas. Yeah, but they're ultimately my my awesome ideas that I, am so fortunate to have recruited a team of teams of talented people to recruit. Mm -hmm. But that's also the hard part: is bugging people. Yeah, managing things having these spreadsheets and organization checklists and like
0: just managing stuff. It's that case. It's like, there's always like the right project where everything kind of goes smoothly. Um, but for every kind of project like that, there are always going to be the ones where again, just through the it, there are going to be snags and, and. There's
1: always snags. And yeah. I have to, I, I hate bugging people. I don't yeah. like saying, Hey, uh, have you been busy? Oh, is this thing, are you going to have this part soon? Yeah. Cause they have, I, I've always worked with good people. Yeah. You know, and they've they've had good reasons, <laughs> like, oh I'm sorry, something came up, or work's been slamming me, or I had an emergency. And I don't like saying, well, too bad. Uh, the project. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're, you're, you're off the project, you know, or whatever, yeah. I don't um, so want to do that. I I, I guess to like so I spin it a little bit then. It's like what 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 is kind of like I, I guess hmm. what was the kind of drive to be like, okay, well, I don't want to do this by myself. I want to bring other people on. Like, was it kind of like you kind of were always at that point when you started like creating or was it more gradual thing that you're like, no, maybe this is something I you know, I, I do want to work like with more people on.
1: The first project I worked with was uh, not the first public ed project was the Godfrey. but That was yeah. the first one I worked with. And I just did that with my two with two real, um, offline IRL <laughs> friends. So that was a fun thing. I just like discussing projects. I don't like working solo. Yeah. Because I, ultimately, my answer is that I like having supplemental talent to supplement my weak points. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And I just like working together and bouncing ideas off of people, having people say, What do you think of this? Mm-hmm. I love that. I don't like, I want someone to validate me and say, This is great. Or yeah. as great as that is, more importantly, I want people to say, This needs work or this needs, or, this needs to be changed. Yeah. No, <laughs> Both I that. Yeah. One, I, that makes me feel good. The other one, okay, this really helps me make it from making a big blunder.
0: Yeah, I think as well, I mean, like, again, a collaboration I, is that case of where the, the kind of a crock pot of ideas kind of ends up with a much more potentially exciting. And uh, again, you you end up with like a, a wider range of kind of voices in, in the kind of end products. And I think there's always those events where I get, again, because I, I write like a good amount of kind of like adventure content. Um, mm-hmm. And it's easier to write like, well, okay, it's, yeah, kind of easier to kind of write the adventure it from in, in like a solo state, unless you kind of have like predefined like set chunks um, that you can kind of pass off. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that kind of one moment, it's always a case of like once once I pass like once the thing's done, I kind of pass it off. I get that kind of like it's it's not a drip feed of like oh you know this would be cool or it's like the the the, the editor wave of, of like here is yeah. everything
1: and and yeah I think being but able to problem, have. But, um... For the Drizzt Volume Two, which is coming out next year, yeah. uh, after the Drizzt Volume One, which comes out December, so, oh, and for the Monster Atlas, which is the Monster Manual that comes out next year, yeah, kickstarting it next year or Indiegogoing it, those have smaller teams because mm-hmm. as much as I just said, oh, I love collaboration, I love teams, I realized I need to make a smaller, streamlined teams. Yeah. So, well, actually, mm-hmm. so so one thing I did want to kind of put out is so what
0: what what part of the timeline made you kind of think of like oh then then now at this point there needs to be two drizzt books
1: oh um <laughs> just like it's been a month i think mm-hmm. basically just saying i have more ideas yeah. <laughs> I have More ideas i have more ideas for make a second volume i, I want to make put more stuff out there mm-hmm. it's been done before with tasha's crucible no uh, yeah so precedent and um, I just thought I want to get more of my own writing because mm-hmm. I recruited such a big team for Drizzt One that I didn't get to put my own idea. I got plenty of my own ideas, yeah. But I wanted to put more ideas, <laughs> so I, I, I get to, with a smaller team. I get to monopolize more of the writing.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that 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 that's always gonna be kind of like a trade off. I suppose It's like obviously yeah, with, with 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 more people involved. Obviously, you could you could tag your ideas onto it, but then the book begins to get larger and larger until it's you know not unfathomably large but it's it's it becomes that point of like
1: yeah i'm i'm a weird outlier i'm dm's guild because i would gladly buy a 40 book if i thought it was all good yeah like if it had all the content i wanted i'd buy it i already buy 50 books from wizards of the coast you know but no one else does 20 dollars is like exorbitant on the guild
0: yeah i i, I think over again, over the, again, over the three years, again, the long time that it's been that we've kind of been, been around is there has been a, a kind of gradual uptick. And you do see that the kind of the products kind of swoop in and kind of hit those kind of high marks. They should um, they, they should. Oh, no, 100% they should. And I, I think again, I'm, I'm hoping it's, it's a kind of that the uptick kind of continues. Um, but obviously, you know, the the games go to the whole is 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 is, is again, inundated with with new creators popping on and kind of releasing their content it's so many so many people oh yeah um but no no again yeah it's fascinating and and yeah especially from like um um the idea of like i guess like sequels it's it's always it's always the case because you kind of have the the benefit of like um in again in hypothetical things like you know if if what the the first one again sells really well it kind of has that that knock on effect of like well the second one you know it kind of has that I guess, renown? I don't know if that's the right word for it, but that kind of like, oh, you know, it's 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 all part of the, the same bundle thing.
1: But the thing is, I haven't even sold the first one, so I don't know how well it's going to yeah. do. But I'm like, but as I said, you know what? Too bad. I want to do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I you, and really, by, God, I, by God, I hope it succeeds. No, 100%. But if it doesn't, I still want to do it.
0: Yeah. And I suppose you always have the uh, the added benefit of like, you know, maybe the sequel isn't like Dritz, Dritz book two. It's like, it's Jarl Axel's now, or it's like, <laughs> it's, it's some, some other drow. Jarl Axel's has
1: been done. It does oh, true. done it.
0: There's got to be some,
1: uh I know th- there's been a Laurel one, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, geez. I like
1: Drizzit though, because he's actually a fun character. Cause he's like, he's the big, awesome hero. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's a Mary Sue cause he has all these powers and he's well, awesome. And great. But he's humble and introspective i
0: like that what's the name of uh dritz is is it not i was going to call it just a cat because i know is it it's not is it jaguar it's a black panther oh black panther oh okay yeah they they that that's another name (laughs) you have like the the big dritz project
1: and then the little the little like you know oh is extra that sounds good yeah, I'm. I I'm, yeah. I'm just you know I'm just throwing ideas at it. no, <laughs> oh, good idea, good idea. But no, I just um another fun thing in the just just to mention this for no reason. But no. in the second volume, I have it's mostly just going to be subclasses, some mm-hmm. revised spells, and uh, a big section for damn tools are evil organizations. Ooh, interesting. Basically, there are fun organizations that are like. Their, their agenda, their background, their minions, use this stat block for this minion, use mm-hmm. this stat block for the boss. And I, I really liked, when I was at Barnes & Noble like a while ago, like a year or two ago, I saw this book that was the Codex of Villains. Okay. And they, I'm basically stealing, borrowing the idea mm-hmm. and well, adapting it. I mean, Is that They have like evil circus, yeah. evil cult, evil druids. I'm kind of taking that, I'm trying to be more creative than that. Mm-hmm. But I like the premise is that they have groups. These aren't adventures. I'm not writing adventures. I'm not writing new stat blocks mostly, mm-hmm. but I'm giving ideas of like, here's a fun, evil organization. You could make a campaign around this, you know? Yeah.
0: So no, no, I, yeah, I just, and, and I think it's kind of, again, having those groups that are easily kind of like drag, drag and drop. Like, you know, you can easily translate that into your home game and just be like, OK, well, yeah, I can t- minor tweets and it can kind of fit with my home game. Yeah, I definitely see the kind of appeal of that then kind of the, the like this is this is this is this group that go here and they can't be changed. It's like, well, that no, you just kind of you, you know, the fact that it needs to be adjusted for people's kind of home games.
1: I, I just honestly I've done this before. I, I did do a set of adventures on drive through. Mm-hmm. They didn't do very well but i they, I'm, we're trying we're trying them again but we'll see but i did do a set of adventures but i'm kind of burnt out on adventures i did a three i did a trio of big adventures and i really liked them yeah. but i don't know I'm, not, I'm just burnt out on adventures so if anything if if one in my repertoire of what i do i do all sorts of things but yeah. i don't think i'm going to be a big adventure guy anytime yeah. soon Oh, that I'm, might I'm, change. Who knows? I, I might be eating my words
0: next year. Or two no, I, I'm I'm in a similar way where I've kind of burned myself with big adventures, but now I'm trying to do like bite-sized ones just to kind of get the get well, the. I taste respect
1: part. people who do adventures. Yeah. I think they're cool.
0: They're great, but they're just not for me. No, no, 100%. and yeah, I mean, like it doesn't have to be. You know, <laughs> it's the case of like no, as as a tabletop RPG designer, you don't you don't have to design everything. You can you can just pick and choose. That's that's the, of the course, benefit. Of all. Um. I did want to, I did want to ask more generally though, it's like over kind of everything that you've done, um, has there been like a, a, like a particular lesson that you would pass by to your like three years ago, you know, handing, handing down wisdom? Um,
1: yes. Um, even when there, I've only worked with nice, good, honest people, mm-hmm. but even with good, honest, well-meaning people, there will be conflicts. Does yeah. that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah. Some, some, sometimes
1: uh, in incorrect spaces, people, people, butt heads. There'll, there'll be conflicts. There'll be issues. There'll be difficulties, not against each other necessarily, but with, there'll be problems. Mm-hmm. Not, and I'm not calling anyone out. I'm not saying no, no. any shade or whatever, but there's just issues. Yeah. There's always going to be issues because I've never worked with a jerk or a conniving bad person or whatever, but there's always been problems. in. Not always, but there's frequently been problems and issues. And and the frustrating part is that you can't get mad at someone. <laughs> you can't say, that bastard is yeah. trying to cheat me and being a jerk to this person. Because, like, I've told myself before projects start, like, oh, if someone was being a jerk or unfair or rude or bigoted, I'd swoop in and be the big hero and say, get out of here, you. Yeah. But when someone, when two well-meaning people are having conflicts, or well-meaning people are not doing something properly, or falling, I'm like, what am I going to do?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it, it, it's kind of a, a tougher kind of situation because again, it's it's a case of, especially with again the tabletop RPG space, is the fact that when in some cases it's not necessarily like a group of, of full-time professionals in that sense and stuff like that. It's it's people with a passion for the hobby. And, and, and you know, it's a case of like, and that's when kind of real life in in the many hideous ways that you can wear its ugly head can kind of clash with that. And obviously, yeah, people got put. It's
1: hard to deal yeah. with. Like, I thought like, hey, if I recruit nothing but good people, there'll be nothing but good times. That's not the case. I just, I would warn myself with that. Yeah. And I don't know the solution really, except that you have to be firm. Yeah. But I just at least prepare myself for the eventuality and the- I-
0: I again, I, spe- I, I suppose you know. I guess it's kind of um, in the nicest sense of the term, kind of like removing the the I guess the rose tinted gla- glasses or what it could be, yeah. And just yeah. being like, there's going to be you know, it, it's it's uh, yeah. It, it, there's going to be times where it's fantastic, but you know, ebbs and flows. Most of the time, most yeah,
1: of the time, ninety percent yeah, good, ten percent just you know be be wary. But those bumps and those problems, they they you remember those. They can overshadow. They can foolishly. They can overshadow the good times. Yeah. I think,
0: I, I think that's like human nature there, isn't it? People will actually like kind of gravitate or like. That's they, how the human
1: brain works. We focus on the negative.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's let's focus on the positive. Then. On the positive. Yes.
1: Yeah. I to
0: on the positive. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, let's talk more generally again. Like, well, you, know, you know, What let's, let's get the other side of that coin and talk about like people within the kind of industry that like particularly inspire you.
1: Um, someone I've gotten really close with working with has been Jack Wayhill. He's incredibly talented and he knows us, he knows all the stuff up and down backwards and forwards. He's, he's like, I rely on him a lot Yeah, and he's been great to work with. And I recommend his stuff.
0: What I, I think, what have you kind of, is it kind of been collaborating kind of across the spectrum of every kind of like products you've been doing or.
1: He started with of danger and now he's working on Drizzit. And it's been a pleasure working with him and getting his advice on stuff. Um, also, um, they're not as well known. But Basil Wright, they're a sensitivity consultant and they're very interesting and they have a lot of great ideas. Fantastic. And um, I wish I could name more people. Just look up all the people i worked with. Oh, yeah, and- no, no I, I, this, is, this is why
0: I always feel I slightly cruel is the fact that, yeah, obviously, um, in, in, when, when you work in a good number of like collaborations. Um,
1: uh, dire, dire Quest, oh. dire Quest uh, Anthony Grosso, he's been a very awesome artist who's helped me on all the holiday danger books, minus the Christmas one. Yeah, and He's just been very, uh, someone else did that, but they, they left. Um, I don't know i, I could go on I, I haven't worked with anyone that i wouldn't work that i wouldn't recommend yeah
0: i think again that's a, again well i mean that that goes kind of um it goes perfectly. like yeah you know if people want to find more cool people they can just look at your collaborators with with any and, and many of your products and right and i feel like yeah you've kind of touched the, like you know you've got a sensitivity writer. you've kind of shout out an artist as well as like a writer you've, you've you've covered your bases and and my go-to joke is if you know anyone feels like they should have been mentioned uh it was me I edited their name out um I'm, I'm evil with kind of pulling strings yes, in the background. exactly um but no I, yeah uh no awesome no awesome and then I guess um you've kind of kind of touched on like a good number of uh like products you kind of upcoming watch.
1: things yes upcoming like, things
0: but then I guess kind of like more generally then so what 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 are you right now kind of like writing away on um and then uh, the kind of like the 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 add-on question is, is where can people kind of you know, stay up to date and, and hear all about it.
1: Follow my Twitter. <laughs> they tweet about a lot of stuff. Um, that's where I, I basically just Twitter. I don't know. I, I wish there was other avenues or something, but it's just the main one that I use. So yeah. I, I I I um pin my most recent work. Mm-hmm. Um, follow me on Twitter. Uh, follow me in DMs Guild. I don't know when uses that feature.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that it came out, and and it's not the most kind of um clear but like when you have like was it someone's product selected I think it's on the left side of the screen there's like a follow your favorites and you can follow yeah, this yeah I
1: mean I wish people used it I don't know I, fo- follow me um oh do um, you have any other questions uh there what was the, the kind of like what are you currently working on right
0: right like so, um, so I'm once we end this call
1: up, Halloween's almost done mm-hmm. Drizzit's, we're, we're wrapping that up, and it's coming out in December, so that's working on. Nice. Um, I'm also working on writing Volume 2 of Drizzit. Ooh. I'm working on preparation for the Monster Atlas, which is the big monster manual thing I mentioned. On Indiegogo? Yes, that's coming out. The campaign is launching mid-February. Oh, but it's it's a ways away, I know, but can't prepare early enough. Jeez. And uh, eventually... Ooh! I would like to. This is way down the line. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But this is just like a dream project of mine because I was inspired by your question. Oh, by I mean, now, I'd like to make my own system or something. My own game. Yeah. I just don't, I'm not sure how I I'd, I'd have to do more research. You know. Would do you, like have, do you
0: kind of? Do you kind of have like a particular kind of like theme or thing? or do you, do you? Is it a case of like I want a setting,
1: and then the rest will kind of follow in time? I had an idea, but I scrapped it. Because I think I thought it was too similar to d and I just want to make a, I need to carve my own niche and I need yep. to find that. But I have that desire, definitely. I just don't have the ideas yet.
0: No, I, I guess it So like when you kind of know you have a project like that in the background, it's kind of like, it's like an antenna. Like you're always looking out for kind of inspiration that can kind of go into that, that, that empty folder at the moment of like, oh, I want to make my own RPG. And then you kind of, bit by bit, it fills up. <laughs> no. Um, well, no. honestly, Lucas, uh, looking at the time, uh, we've done it. <laughs> the we've we've, yeah. we've, we've 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 chatted away an hour um so obviously first and foremost thank you so much for joining me and sitting down No, thank you for
1: having me i basically invited myself on and i thought because i like your show and i thought not, oh it'd be really cool if i could come
0: honestly i think like if, if there's a, another kind of if i could give a takeaway for people like anyone listening so far, if you do want to come and chat to me just let me know I'm not, i i get very lonely and i just
1: no i, know, I thought i've seen your show and i thought like Oh, I wish he would invite me. No. Oh, no. Yeah, honestly, I, like it,
0: it's 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 a case of like that there are there are so many talented and awesome creators out there and stuff like that. That like it's I don't think it's feasible to just like for me to kind of reach out and kind of so so anyone who's kind of again I saw
1: someone else invite themselves and I'm like I'll do
0: a do Yeah. Anyone anyone who's like more than generous enough to kind of volunteer their time to sit and have this chat like like yourself. Uh, I'm I'm more than grateful for because you know obviously this show is is only as good as its guests. And you've had um, a lot of great guests. I, I've been again. I've been very, very fortunate, yourself included. Um, so uh, with that, uh, yeah, I've, 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 I've been Matthew Whippy. Um, you can find mm-hmm. me at Whitby Writes. Uh, I do have some stuff to chat about. Uh, there's Ace Acerax. Well, Acer, Acer, there's the Lich Dude. His collection yeah. of complex traps, uh, which is out now, uh, which I submitted my, my my trap for, as well as Diesel. Um, it's now out. It's, it's 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 out and things. Oh, so you worked it- on Diesel. I did indeed, yeah, I did, I did some narrative Thanks. work for that. Um, and yeah, you can find, find links to those in the description as well as links to all of Lucas's lovely, lovely work. Um, mm-hmm. And that leads me to my final and arguably the most important question, um, which is uh, how, how do you end a podcast?
1: Abruptly, suddenly,
0: now. Oh no!